I know what you are. Say it. Out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch with me, Luke, here in Chicago. And me, Katie, here in Los Angeles. Do we sound different to you, folks? Mm -hmm. Because we sure as hell should, because we're in a different location. Well, Katie's in the same location. I'm in a different location. We're taking this show on the road, antiques road show style. (laughs) All right, Katie, welcome back for another week. It's good to be Um, back. It is. I I loved I loved her. I loved talking about Jersey Girl so much last week. I like legitimately had a talk. I'm like, should we just do a part two to the? Jersey Girl? <laughs> There's so much more I want to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> but like a like like the genius you are, Katie recommended we do. Just here's the thing. I thought this was bad movie brunch, Katie. Not best movie I've ever seen in my life. Brunch. You know what I mean. Well- it's funny that you say that because this is now the best reviewed movie that we've gone over so far. Okay. I believe it holds a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. You're right. What is it? Tell us. Tell us. <laughs> the seminal classic teen vampire drama, Twilight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this movie is my shit. Mm. Uh, uh, Katie recommended it and I was very excited. I was like, oh. Well, strap, strap the fucking, because I've got plenty to say. But I think, as you've mentioned as well, that the background and the sort of like phenomenon of like this whole thing should sort of be explored before we go into the 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 thing itself. Like, what's your what's your background, Strawberry? Okay, strap in. So I I went to an all girls Catholic high school in the Pacific Northwest during the late two thousands, and. <laughs> Yeah, it's very <laughs> so this movie was made for like I well in the essence was supposed to be made for me like I'm the target demographic and first day of freshman year I sit down at my first class and there's this girl in this art class reading this big fat black book with an apple on the cover <laughs> and I overhear her talking to another girl about it and she says that this book Twilight is amazing in her favorite book and I'm sitting there feeling like an idiot because I'd never heard of it and there was all this excitement about it. And some of the girls were talking about going up to Washington in hopes of being cast in this movie that they're going to make about it. And I remember like the small amount of outcry when Robert uh, Cedric Diggory Pattinson was cast because he wasn't as hot as this Edward person was supposed to be. First off, fuck that. <laughs> That's insanity because he's a perfect man. Like <laughs> the reason he's a perfect casting choice, I'm going to just be all about Robert Pattinson the entire fucking episode. But the reason, cause oh my God, I love him, but fuck that. He's like, he's a perfect man. Look at him. <laughs> he's made well, of, go ahead. That, that was just the, uh, the, the sentiment of the time. Oh, sorry. You got yeah. me just fucking hot At least it, the school I went to. I got you. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so needless to say, it was like this big deal. So I borrowed the book to read on this long road trip during spring break. 
And I got to a point, a line, and I wish I could remember what it was, but <laughs> it was just one line and I hit it and I was like, I cannot finish this. Like, I, I can't, I can't move any forward than this. I just can't do it. I just did not like it. But here's the thing. I was mortified that I didn't like it. I wanted to like it. I wanted to fit in. And I like was like so worried about having to come back from spring break and bring the book and like having to admit that I actually didn't like it. But then, you know, when the movie came out, the tide shifted. Suddenly it became in vogue to mock Twilight. The same girl that said that it was her favorite book now said it was lame. And while I wasn't one of those people that spent their time bashing it online, I, I was pretty dismissive about it, which is, you know, dumb because I was a weeb, a weeaboo, an anime dork. And the first thing, in the first like Twilight book slash movie reads like the first season of a freaking anime. And if you'll indulge me, because we may have like one person who knows what I'm talking about, I'm gonna break it down real quick. Feel free. Okay, so this is, this is basically an anime. An ordinary high school student moves to a new school where she's viewed as a mysterious transfer student. She immediately gains an unwanted harem of suitors, which includes two magical monster boyfriends, one being her childhood best friend, and the other a tsundere bishonen who sparkles. The latter magical boyfriend is really 100 years old, and there's a darkness in him that causes his <laughs> eyes to change colors. He's part of a set of true companions which take our protagonist in. There's a beach episode, there's a baseball episode, they find some uninteresting, campy, bad, magical people before ending it all in a slow dance finale. It's an anime. <laughs> I literally can't fucking wait until we talk about the baseball scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that sums it up. I don't know. I'm not super well versed in anime, um, save for Pokemon. Cause I'm a basic bitch. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's. It, it sounds like you're right. <laughs> Katie, I gotta say, it sounds like you're right. <laughs> it, it, um, it is interesting upon reflection because, again, I had I was like this nerd that was like, I'm too cool for it. Meanwhile, I'm like watching freaking Strawberry Panic, <laughs> dumb bullshit. So, I, I, honestly, I came from like so. This came out when this stuff was happening. The first one was like '08 or whatever the movie, mm -hmm. and then they they cranked them out year after year, which I didn't realize until looking back on it uh like yesterday i was like oh my god these came out one a year like holy shit like no wonder people got kind of like sick of this like working on it and stuff i get it um but i sort of was like i used to kind of like make fun of it my sister really liked it and uh you know you know i was sort of like you know i thought it was basic but you know what hating things without trying them first that's what that's you know that's basic you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying Absolutely. so i remember like i got dragged to like i lived in a really small town and they did like a big like walmart opened stayed open till like past midnight to do a dvd release of like new moon and uh my sister dragged me to it with one of my buddies uh who, who actually did like the the books and the movies thus far <laughs> and um i was like this sucks I hate this. And like, there was this big like release party and this long ass line for us to get the fucking new moon DVD. And I stayed up and watched it. And I'm just like, stupid. And I was just like, like watching it and watching it. And then like the next day, uh, I knocked on my sister's door. I'm like, so show me this twilight movie. <laughs> and, uh, and so we watched the first one and I was just like, well, I like this one a lot more. <laughs> and not only that, but now I have to watch the second one again because now I understand it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and like, but the thing I like about the first one distinctly from the entire like rest of the franchise, because honestly, in my opinion, it gets very jump the sharky like right after this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, not that this movie isn't jump the sharky ish, but like it really after this movie just kind of goes off the rails. And the thing I like about this one is it feels like they were really trying to like 
they're really going for something and they were taking mm -hmm. like they're taking like a, a book that a book that i like you know what i mean a book that like um i eventually after i watched this movie i immediately started reading it you know i was like uh i was like a football player not a good football player but like you know what i mean and i was just like walk around with like my twilight book with like the apple cover i'm like i don't care it's a fucking <laughs> delight it's a fucking delight you know what i mean <laughs> because you i you know what for a minute i became bella and mm -hmm. i you know i was dating a man vampire <laughs> You were uh, dating Robert Pattinson. I was, yeah, I always see him when I read it. I just, mm -hmm. you know, and so I was, I was hooked. Um, read that, went to the midnight releases for the next f final three movies. Like I was like all about it at that point, and uh, it was just like a fun. It was kind of just fun to be like, you know, obsessed with something for fun and knowing it's kind of silly, but really like caring about it because you're in the moment and like everybody cares. And now in retrospect, nobody really gives a shit. But like no. there was that minute, like it was just like such a period that like we'll all like our generation will always be able to like remember that like brief little second where this movie was like the hottest the hottest fucking thing like competing with like harry potter and stuff that's like highly 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 regarded and stuff like that it's just it's just pretty crazy and um you know while they sort of feel like a little surface level i mean like just they felt really relevant to me at the time like as a high school kid and I'm like these are about things that i you know like i would I would die for the for the person I love and like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just like hormone shit and like you know, uh, I like that. It's a high school. This movie more than all the rest of them is just a high school story. It's my favorite kind of movie. It's a coming of age flick technically, and even though it's made for like thirty million dollars, there's something that feels like distinctly like small about it mm -hmm. um, that I think brings a lot of character to it that the rest of the franchise doesn't exactly have. Um, is it a good movie? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's definitely the best review that we've covered yeah. thus far. Yeah, so you should be thanking us, listener. <laughs> but um, so you had your sister to kind of bring you into this. I yeah. um I have an older brother who's six years older than me. I don't have any sisters or anything like that. So it was just the, my classmates were the closest thing I had. But I did have one person who in my family who was into this, and it was my mom. She. <laughs> <laughs> My mom, um, she doesn't put up with a lot, but for whatever reason, this really spoke to her and she, th she got a real big kick out of it. And then we went through the cultural phenomenon of not only was she interested in the books, but then she took me to the movies. And so I saw all the movies with my mom and I was the one that was like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the shift of where when fricking uh, Fifty Shades of Grey happened, which of course is based on a Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. My mom was like, I want to read this book, go buy it for me. So for Mother's Day, I have this distinct memory of like having this bag of quarters and going to Powell's <laughs> in Portland, Oregon and paying $20 worth of quarters to buy the first Fifty Shades of Grey book for my mom. Jesus and she read all of those, which is oh weird to think God. about. I but also weirder in that I listened to the first audiobook which I would highly recommend for anybody who wants a good laugh because <laughs> dude, the girl that reads it. Oh, my, okay. So the main character says, Oh my, a lot, but every time she says it, she sounds like George Decay. So oh, she's like, my. Oh my. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, maybe I, you know, I won't listen to it probably, yeah. but <laughs> no, that sounds, I mean, like I couldn't get into the 50 shades thing. Maybe if that happened, like at the same time, like if I was the same age as twilight, maybe I'd watch that too. Like I remember like anything that was vaguely related to twilight. I was super into at that point. I remember seeing vampires suck in theaters. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? 
No. <laughs> scary movie version of Twilight. Did you do you even know about it? I know about it, but oh, I, thank it's not God. my bag. Oh, it should be. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking bad. But at that point, they had only made Twilight and New Moon. So that's all they could really do in the movie. I mm-hmm. I fucking love that movie. But regardless, <laughs> uh, Ken Jong plays one of the Volturi in it, which is. Yeah, pretty- I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, man, I, I, those midnight, those midnight releases of these movies in the theater were so weird. Cause that was back when they were actually still doing midnight releases, not like mm-hmm. seeing on Thursday night at like eight, like you yeah. had to be committed and where I lived, we didn't have a movie theater. So like you had to drive like at least like a half hour to 45 minutes away just to get to a theater. Mm-hmm. So you got to plug that in. Then you got to plug the time you're waiting in a fucking line. Like I remember when we saw Eclipse, we waited outside for like two hours and like, uh, but it's so worth it. You know what I mean? Cause I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna see fucking you know, Jasper trained the vampires to fight newborns. It was rad. But <laughs> regardless, we're talking about the first one. Should we glaze over the plot a little? I think people know the gist, but, you know. Sure, go for it. I mean, so basically Twilight opens on uh, expository monologues. This is like a very running theme on Bad Movie Brunch. So maybe <laughs> consider that if you're writing <laughs> to like not open on weird pensive monologues because so far we've we've had it on what? Victor Frankenstein, BVS, this one, I mean, half our episodes. And yeah. this, isn't, this isn't good movie brunch. That's a segment we do some days. <laughs> so we got that and there's this pretty little deer and it's cool and it's green and it's lush and this deer is like running and yada, yada. And it gets tackled by some creature and Bella's all like, yo, I'm leaving Phoenix. I'm leaving my mom behind. I'm leaving my Phil behind her mom's new husband. Cause he's a baseball player and he's going to make it. And so I'm going to go back to Forks, Washington and live with my dad, Charlie. Chief Re- of- really quick. Charlie is maybe my favorite character upon rewatch. Charlie fucking rocks. Okay. Like in, and like in preparation, I watched this, um, on the twilight forever pack and i watched uh every bonus feature which we'll talk about but i also listened to the commentary uh and they were talking about billy burke the guy who played charlie and like every time he every time he's like on screen they're all just like ah he's the best like oh my god <laughs> he, he's awesome i i just love his mustache and i love yeah. how and and you get where bella gets her personality from because he also is super awkward and he doesn't yeah, know how to like emote very well but he's trying and it's so clear that he loves his daughter but yeah. he just and he wants to be a good dad, but he he's not a very warm guy. No, so no. So no. he's like, we're getting cobbler because I know that's your favorite. We're gonna go to the diner and yeah, that's where we eat. You dating boys? Now I don't want to hear about it, but <laughs> I should ask because I care. Damn it! Yeah, it's awesome. I love him. It is. It's really good. Yeah, they're both like they do like they have really good chemistry. The mustache is fucking rad. That was mm-hmm. like his. Uh, I found out that was his call. He just came in. He came in one day. He's like, hey. Uh, so I think I think I should have this for the movie. And Catherine Hardwick's like, yeah, you should. Like, <laughs> he was talking about it a lot. Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, that that mustache. He's he's such a man. Billy Burke's mm-hmm. a man. I also love his weird dad friendship thing with uh with Jacob's dad yeah. when they're like having yeah. a weird foot fight. Oh while, yeah. Like <laughs> her well, and Jacob are talking. Yeah, he's like having a wheel fight. Like he's like he's like trying to roll up on him and shit. It's a cute little thing. And like, yeah, so we're back in Forks uh, immediately. Like I'm with my dad and he's kind of like, he's like, Murr, and I'm like, Murr. and together <laughs> we make uh, two Murr. awkward shits, awkward murs in a house. And um, so we meet, yeah, Billy Black and Jacob Black, you know, team Edward for life. Fuck you, Jacob. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and he's like, hey, 
bought this truck off Billy here. And uh, he's like, oh, cool. Now I have my truck because this needs to happen really quick in the plot. And it's like also like, also, hey, I'm Jacob. Remember me? We used to make mud pies together. We're, we're friends, so we don't have to worry about setting that up. And they're like, oh, cool. And uh, uh, weird that we meet Jacob before we meet Edward, kind of. I know it happens in yeah. the book and it's an adaptation, but uh, interesting, in my opinion, considering um, you know they're really burying the lead on this one. Uh, I don't know. So basically, it's the middle of a school year. What's up? We actually meet all of the love interests before we meet Edward. We, we kind of lead up to him. So we have the initial Jacob, and then we have the two dudes yeah. no one cares about. Mike Newman and Eric Yorkie, I care about them. Okay, but go ahead. Uh, Eric and what's the other one? Mike Newton. Well, okay, yeah, the first one she meets meets is Eric Yorkie, right? And he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, Isabella, you're the new girl. I'm going to write a feature about you. I work for the journalism. You're front page. And she's like, don't, don't write uh, about me, please. And he's like, oh, all right, sorry. Sorry. And like, <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, you're really pretty. And uh, and then then we go to the PEC and we meet Mike Newton, who's like just this doe faced beauty. I like just love him to death. And we also meet Anna Kendrick, the oh. the snipe the snipey of the of the friend girls and Bella's uh, group. Um, and she's then yeah, it's, the basic bitch. Oh yeah, she's she's definitely she's definitely the basic one. And like walking through the first day of class and we get to lunch and we've already met all these people. And it's basically just a day of like, also the dude in the parking lot, Tyler, it's like all these dudes. It's just a day of like, Oh, there's a new girl here and we love her. Like, and like all the high school guys are kind of just like swarming her. You know what I mean? It's really fucking weird. It's new meat, man. (laughs) And they're doing it like a really, like, I think it's maybe like the most juvenile way just to combat like how fucking posh, the Cullen seem and Edward seems. And we get introduced to them in like a really dope way. In my opinion, when they're sort of like walking in in like slow mo, right, right. They all get their moment. They just like come in in their pairs, and like Je- Jessica, like as portrayed by Anna Kendrick, is kind of just like, Ugh, okay, you know, these are weirdos, fucking. Like, like not obsessed with them or anything, but he yeah, I don't care. Backstory. I don't care, but I know everything about them, and also the audience is about to know and another expository. <laughs> Which is thing. a very teenage thing to do. Be like, uh, I hate this thing, but I know everything about it. So I do. I really hate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And totally like, and you can tell like later on when, when she has interactions with the Cullens and Edward and stuff, she's like, oh, oh hi, Edward. <laughs> she's like stumbling all over herself and shit. Well, he is supposed to be the most beautiful man ever. Yeah. And, well, and he is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's like Dr. Cullen's foster kids. And it's like, yeah, she's like, he's like this matchmaker fucking foster father. And these people are like mates and they live together. So it's like Emma and Rosalie. And then you get Jasper and Alice. And then they're all wearing white. And then solo, mim and a minute, 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 we get fucking Edward in his beautiful blue shirt, just kind of stroll on in, looking looking thirty six years old. He really uh, does. <laughs> look, looking like a grown ass man with, with 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 rock hard gel hair. Yeah. And uh, he's gel like, oh. abs underneath the shirt. Yeah, oh, that's Edward Cullen. <laughs> like, I like I care. Like, nobody's mm-hmm. good enough for him, whatever. And, like, yeah. so, you know, don't waste your time. And Bell's like, yeah, I wasn't wasn't gonna. And I'm like, well, I, I read the book. I, I also like that the, when she goes, like, he's totally gorgeous, but nobody here is good enough for him. And he just has, like, this smile. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is, like, this is an inherent problem. And I know I figured this out because Jake, our guest, our guest last week, I had him watch Twilight with me once in one of my three watchings this week because he'd never seen it. And so, like, there's a real syndrome I don't realize going on where that moment lands a lot better if you know the book and you know that, like, 
he can read people's minds. They, yeah. they wait an hour to let the audience know that. If you've never read it, they're really banking on that you've read this shit. Oh, like they, yeah. they wait an hour into the movie to ever like have him like give like 10, 15 fucking minutes of like what's going on. It's like, yeah, I can read minds. And also like uh, all this other shit. So like, that's pretty fucking funny if you know he's got super hearing and he can read minds, but I don't know. I I think, I I don't know. It's I guess I don't know. uninitiated, that's for sure. Sure, sure, sure. I guess I don't know how to fix it. I guess they're assuming, why would you see the movie if you haven't read the book? But that's a weird thing. Um, but then yeah. biology class. Biology class is rad. So like, yeah, they go there and they've got a, he's got a, he's like, oh, a new kid has to sit in the only open seat next to fucking Edward, who is not loving it. How would you say, how would you describe his demeanor? Uh, Well, for one thing, well, he's like all like, kind of robotronic and uh <laughs> and when bella walks in there's a random fan blowing and again you have to know the book or the backstory to really get this but like clearly her scent is just being flown in. into edward's general direction and so he's just so over like overwhelmed by it but he, he comes off is completely disgusted like he's just like oh like everybody who has seen bella <laughs> up until this point is like oh you beautiful angel like please go to the prom with me and then he is interesting because he's the first one that's like actually you're the most disgusting broad i've ever seen in my life yeah more or less i mean it's not in words but like in facial expression yeah it definitely seems that way and like it also seems as though like uh yeah he's like so intoxicated and like so he looks so angry and we get just like a brooding like series of shot like sort of like montage over this like to like like guitar riffs of him just like staring at her across the fucking like like from like the side and like like all through the class like he's just about to fucking devour her and shit Mm -hmm. and like right before the bell rings he just stands up and storms out and it's like holy shit that guy hates me like <laughs> oh my god and like they go to um they go to uh there's a cut scene here i need to tell you about this uh th- so uh there's a there was a bonus feature on the like bonus disc or whatever the fuck and uh there's like a it was a compilation called like the vampire's kiss and so they took like the actual scenes they shot of like carlisle like biting everybody and then they took they shot a whole scene, like a, a fantasy sequence of them in class this day where Edward just goes over and just fucking grabs her like from behind and fucking just like bites her fucking neck and like and she's like struggling <laughs> to the ground. And it's really like graphic and like really serious and it's not really like set to music or anything. It's like super fucked up and I wish to God they would have used it because like, it, <laughs> it would have like- so metal. Oh, it would have blown my mind like 15 minutes in the movie. I'm like, oh, here we are. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. I think that would have been really smart. But you know, it's already a two hour movie. I think that also probably the problem with that is that it's supposed to be from Bella's perspective. And if oh, you yeah, mix right, the perspectives, right. it probably would have been confusing for the audience. That's true. But like, yeah. oh God, that would have been rad. It is but rad. I, but yeah, and, and so like she, I forget exactly, I, class gets out and he immediately goes to like the front desk and he's like, yeah. I would like to transfer out of biology. Like, Jesus Christ, man, calm yourself. You sure there's nothing else I can take? You know, biochem? Or, no, no, everything's full. Mm-hmm. And he's like, huh, guess I'll have to endure it. And just like fucking just like <laughs> sees her and she like walks in. It's so mean. He's such a fucking dick. <laughs> and, and then she's like, I assume, I think I read it. So she, I think she's going to like do the same thing. And she's like, and just like storms out too. <laughs> it's pretty sad because like he's being just such a dick. Yeah. Calm yourself, friend. Yeah, no joke. 
And so, like, yeah, we're uh, we go back to the cafe. What's important? We meet Waylon. That's one of uh, Charlie's friends, one of the locals. It's a very small town. There's mm-hmm. only like three thousand people in there. And uh, he's like, "Hey, Bella, remember me? I used to play Santa Claus." And he's like, "No, fuck no, Waylon. She doesn't because she was like five or like whatever the <laughs> yeah. hell, whatever." But it's important we meet you because something happens to you later. He said something <laughs> about tiny bottles. Kids love those tiny bottles. Do you know what the fuck he was talking about? So three times in a row I've watched it, and even like having hearing them talk about it on the comments, I don't. I think they're talking about mini bottles of booze he's drinking because he's, yeah, he's a total oh alky the way it strikes me because like hey man i'm not gonna go to bat and say the script is perfect because <laughs> uh you know they kept they obviously like melissa rosenberg and she's obviously a talented screenwriter and she's been like uh like in a lot of big writers rooms and she's great and it's very impressive to me that she was the sole like screenplay credit on everyone in the franchise like very cool and she that adapted the said, hell out of this book like she really did she did it as faithfully as one possibly could. Absolutely agree. And also brought some things into it that weren't in the book that are really cool. Like there was like a lot of like, there were some certain elements that she brought to it in the adaptation where like, uh, that were just things in the movie that didn't happen in the book. And they, they really did bring something to it as well. Um, but yeah, weird thing, tiny bottles, fucking weird line. I assume he's talking about bottles of booze later on. We see him, he's drinking and they talk about him being like his butt crack being out of Santa and mm-hmm. weird shit like that. And I'm like, all right, we get it. Y'all know each other. Great. And, uh, <laughs> um, and you know, we have like a phone call from mom and she's like very much like the, tell me about boys, mom. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like her mom, I mean, she's cool and all. And like, but she's like dating the young, like baseball player. Well, married to like on the road, like a, like losing phone chargers and yada, yada. She's the, you know, she's the harebrained mom. And uh, she's like, Oh, tell me about boys. Like, you know, <laughs> like, are you using protection? Or yeah, no, she's yeah. like, are you being safe? That's what yeah. she says. Are you being safe? Yeah. And so back at school, like things are shitty. Like I'm here in the middle of the school year. Nobody knows me. All these weird guys I don't like want to bang me. Everybody sucks. And like the guy like, like hates me and hasn't been back since the first day. And he's just been gone. He's a constant no show. And, uh, you know, we, um, were to assume that Edward's maybe gone for good. Who knows? It's just like weird Cullen's like staring at her at lunch and shit like that. Like Edward lists at the table. And then we cut to the villains of the movie who we don't get to see but some poor schlub of a construction worker or whatever the fuck, like we see kind of get killed from a perspective. Like we did, they just see like these three human like creatures and like, we know it's vampires, whatever, but uh, it's sort of like the introduction of the, the big villains or whatever. And they're pretty good villains, Katie. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they're pretty fucking good. So um, uh, it turns out he's called by a vampire, but we don't know that yet. And there's uh, somebody got ripped apart in the woods by some animal. Yeah. That's what they say later. Yeah. Some kind of animal. It's like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that checks out. An animal and- drinks the entire like body of blood, like drains it of blood. Like what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> so intense. Um, and then a little bit later, biology class, Edward comes back and it's like back. It's it's like he totally like he got it out of his system. And he's like actually kind of like a nice human being. He's at least decent. And uh, his eyes are all gold because, you know, he worked his shit out. And he's trying to talk to Bella like a person. And Bella's like, you were a dick to me, like, not that long ago. Yeah. And not that long ago. Like, yeah, she returns and he's like golden-eyed Edward and shit, right? He's just like smiley and just like perfect. And he's just like super fucking british like his accent is so <laughs> awesome in this because he's doing america but he's just like hello 
I'm Edward Cullen. You're Bella. So yeah, I know who I am, asshole. <laughs> and they do that back and forth with biology. And I, you know, I'm an adult and I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about in this scene. I just, oh. no idea. Okay. So I took biology one and got a C. <laughs> and then I took biology two and I dropped it. Because <laughs> I, know what, I know the words they're saying. It's like the phases of, oh no, I don't know. Oh no, like meiosis or mitosis or some shit. And it's like anaphase, anaphase and prophase and fucking, yeah, I don't know what oh, it is. Oh no, even, I mean, we're screenwriters. Like, yeah, it's words. It's words yeah. I've heard and I uh, don't get. But they're both very smart. And so there's going back and forth. And it's a very fucking cute scene. They also like, a fucking golden onion, remember? During the scene? Yeah, scene? totally. Something in the movie and not in the script. Or no, something in the movie and not in the book, I'm pretty sure. Like, mm -hmm. awesome little thing. This teacher is a real a real scene stealer sometimes. He, uh, he's so enthusiastic. And he, he may... Okay, so not only is he so excited to, for them to win the Golden Onion, which I think is interesting that they don't draw too much attention to the fact that Edward and Bella win. You just see her kind of subtly yeah. with her, yeah. walking with it later. Um, so, you know, they're smart, but they're not going to be super obnoxious about it. And then later, the teacher takes them on the most Pacific Northwest field trip <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. For real. For real. They go to a greenhouse, and he's talking about composting, and then they oh, make yeah. compost tea. And it's oh, just yeah. like, damn, you guys, yep, that's the area. You they got did their it. Research. Go. <laughs> they did their fucking research. So... We have this nice moment and they're friends now kind of and like but even though he's still being weird because she's like hey weren't your eyes a different color and he's like duh, 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 and just like fucks off and then like fluorescence yes uh, fluorescence and uh, and just like fucking dips and uh bella's in the parking lot and more like wow 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 like dope ass soundtrack and the soundtrack rips in this movie um edward like brooding staring at her across from across the parking lot and then like tyler dude from parking lot fucking just comes barreling in in his van right that's and his name like, okay almost like fucking kills her like uh like comes like sliding over and fucking edward bolts over and all of a sudden he's there and he jumps and grabs her and stops the van with one of his arms and it's just like uh puts a fucking dent in it oh yeah just fucks it up and like i was watching the commentary and pattinson's like i was always confused about the the physics of this and like Catherine Hart's like shut up like like so often in the movie he's like talking like just calling shit out and she's like can you not like you know what I mean he's like I don't get how that works but whatever and uh it doesn't make sense like I mean but he's definitely over there and that's kind of the point he's a vampire nothing else makes sense this is a fantastical kind of movie you gotta suspend your disbelief <laughs> and uh for a second they're like whoa whoa and then he just like dips out as he's constantly doing it's just always like weird fragmented conversations with Bella and then he's like ah, and fucks off and like <laughs> you know what I mean mm -hmm. it's very strange so there's sort of a fallout from all this this is like the big moment that like leads to a big fallout like take me take me into to Chief Swan and we meet Carlisle at the hospital yeah we do and uh they have an interaction where like uh Carlisle and uh Bella's dad here that Edward saved her and he goes, oh, is that your boy? And Carlisle gives this very subtle look. Like, like it's not over the top, but he's clearly like, oh, fuck. But like, he's like, oh, like that fucking dick. Like, like he's clearly like enraged and kind of panicked, but but it's all very subtle. It's it's great mm -hmm. acting on, on that guy's part. Like, he's clearly Peter like- Peter man. Peter Fossinelli as Carlisle is a fucking delight. Mm-hmm. He's on Supergirl. He plays like Maxwell Lord. Uh, oh, no he's way. Kind of, like the Lex of like season one of Supergirl. Yeah, he's cool. But 
continue. <laughs> yeah, I could see him being a total bad guy. And so she tries to confront him about it later. And she's like, yo, are you like the Spider-Man or the Superman? Which she says, like, <laughs> you know, I've been thinking, like, is it like radioactive spiders or kryptonite? And Edward's like, uh, but what if instead, those were all hero things. What if instead of being a hero, I'm really a monster? What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm <laughs> the bad guy? I'm like, whoa, just like crying, holding my cats. I'm like, oh, <laughs> such a man. <laughs> I just oh. think that's so, God, this is so brilliant because I do think that, um, that that there is this fascination, like women have this fascination with monster boyfriends and this just plays so well into it, like having your cake and eating it too. Like not only do you want a superhero boyfriend, but you also want him to be kind of dangerous. Oh, he is. So he's like um, vampire, uh, God, what's that? Rebel without a co- James Dean. He is re- I mean, he's he's literally Rebel James Dean, which is funny. <laughs> vampire James Dean is what I mean. uh, Yeah, Vampire James Dean. I know. <laughs> Wait, did you say? Maybe I said it wrong. But fucking uh, late. That's funny because later on he did a movie called Life, where he's like a photographer for Life magazine, and Dane DeHaan plays James Dean. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not a good movie, but I I follow Pattinson to hell and back. I'll see anything he's in. Um, fuck, he's good. But yeah, it's a total like, and that's, so yeah, at the hospital, Rosalie and Carla are both giving him shit. And he's like, oh, what's yeah. I supposed to do? Like, let her die. And they're like, yada, yada. And they have that conversation where he's just like, yo, you saved me. And he's like, no, I didn't. Fuck you. And she's like, yeah, you did. And he's like, well, nobody's going to believe you. And just sort of finally admits it. Yeah, what the it. fuck is that? Like, he's like, well, nobody's going to believe you, you fucking nitwit, you doof. Yeah, and then he's like, douche. dips out again. And the scene you're talking about where he's just like one of his many like pop up like, we shouldn't be friends, Bella. Like, like it happens a lot. And yeah, like, yeah. Where it's like, 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 we shouldn't be friends, but we should be friends. Right. And uh, he's like, uh, so they have that field trip day that you talked about, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Like after Edward like says, we can't be friends at the hospital and then watches her sleep. <laughs> like she wakes up and sees him in her fucking bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then they go on that, like, as you said, like field trip day. And it's the most, you know, earthy fucking field trip of all time. And yeah, Mike so Newton asks Bella to prom. And she's like, no. Nah, I guess I have to do that weekend. I'm going to Jacksonville. The thing that I think is so genius about this is that, like, God, it I could just imagine myself being, like, 16 and being shot down in that fashion. And it's so painful to watch as an adult because you're just like, oh. For a while, I was, like, hashtag Team Mike Newton because I'm like, I just feel for this guy in the books. I'm like, aren't we all just Mike Newton at the end of the day? like this doe-eyed kind of jock guy so cute yeah he is because he's wearing a letterman jacket but like you know you know he's just riding the bench yeah you know, like, my I mean, newton come and on. Then, um but but she does be like like uh you should ask jessica uh because she wants to go out with you and he's like eh, all right and then he does and like yeah. <laughs> we get one of the many like aggressive like conversations with edward and bella in this place he's like she trips he's like can you at least watch where you walk and just like stuff like that. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm being so rude all the time. It's just that. And fucking like. Pick a lane. He's so bipolar. He's the most bipolar James Dean vampire. <laughs> At one point she even says like, I'm getting whiplash from your mood swings. I'm like, bitch, so am I. Like, I totally feel you. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, so we get, we get one of my, we get maybe my favorite line of the movie. I have like a guitar. I have just a lot of favorite lines, but she's like, you know, why didn't you just let the van crush me and like save, save you from all this regret? And he's like, you think I regret saving you? <laughs> He's just like, you don't know anything. <laughs> and I fucking just die laughing at it every time because I'm like, oh God, he's so pained. He brings a lot to this character. And I'm not laughing and like, I'm laughing because it's Goonie, but like 
he really is like giving it his fucking all in this movie. Like, especially this one more than the rest. They both are like, I think they bring a lot to the character. <laughs> uh, but when they're back in the cafeteria and they're having that combo, she's making like that fruit salad and they do the book cover. Like, yeah, they, they do. Like, Straight they, up. Like, knocks the apple and he, like, flips it up with his foot, like hacky sack style. And he's like holding it in his <laughs> pale hands and shit. I watch the way they do it. Fucking it's a pain in the ass the way they shot that they had like it on like a wire and they kept like popping it up like off his foot. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Makes sense that'd be difficult. Yeah. yeah it seems like a, a real thing. Uh, but they're like, yeah, so we're all, Hey Bella, we're friends, right? Cause we're all the same age and you're a new girl here. So you're our friend. Um, let's go to La Push beach. And she's like, Edward, do you want to go here? And he's like, Ooh, can't go to La Push beach. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> you know who is there? Freaking Jacob. Jacob and a couple of like uh, flanked by a couple of uh, Native Americans from his tribe who I assume are supposed to be Quill and Embry like later on in the series, but mm-hmm. they get mad recast uh, uh, in New Moon and Tim just like, <laughs> and, and like New Moon, they're like, well, we had Native Americans in Twilight and that was cool, but we'd settle for like tan hunks instead. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's what they did. Like, they oh did. no. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they did. Oh, yeah. That's bad. It's not great, but uh, yeah. So we meet these guys, and he's sort of just like, "Yeah, colons don't come here." Okay, he gets his line, he gets his moment in the sun. Yeah. Like, yes, and, put it in my reel. And everybody's like, "Yeah, we all hate the colons. They suck." And Jacob and Bella go on like a walk on the beach, and he's like, "Here's a legend of my tribe." So <laughs> here's some more exposition. Audience, did you did you want some exposition? And everybody's like, "Yeah!" And so. <laughs> Fucking okay. The colons are like we're the my tribe's descended from wolves, huh? Set up for new moon. Get ready. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and the colons are just are just you know they come from this old clan of you know enemy clan that's like are hunting on their land. And it's like we know what you are, and we won't tell the the pale faces if you fucking don't hunt on our land anymore. So get the hell off of our land. I was about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, get the hell off our land. We have this wolf sense so we can suss out vampire bitches such as yourself <laughs> and tell you to get the hell off our land. So get the hell off our land. So good. Also, what I think is really like if I were Bella in this scene and Jacob was telling me like, yeah, you know, like they're a tribe and the cold ones and da 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 da. I would have been like, but aren't they like foster kids? So aren't they kind of like not related? Right. That doesn't make right. any sense. It's a it's a whole thing. It, it's mm-hmm. a whole thing, and I think Jacob isn't even like fully aware of like uh, his own like uh, history that much. Like I think he learns a lot about it more when they all start like you know fucking shifting in the wolves and shit. Um, so I don't think he's kind of just like yeah I don't believe it either. And then eventually as the movie goes on we get to like eventually throughout the movie he's like oh shit the stuff my dad's saying isn't bullshit. Uh, not only do I like Pretty Girl but I'm also like I know this is actually true and like there's more than I know more than she knows and yada yada. Um, but it sort of sends her down this rabbit hole of, I need to know more about this. And she starts like Googling Quilliet, like Quilliet tribe legends and takes her to this bookstore in Port Angeles. And she goes on the cover of, I'll go look at prom dresses with Jessica and Angela, but really I'm going to fuck off and go to this bookstore <laughs> and, uh, you know, find out more about this Edward character. Cause I got to know more and I got to know if what Jacob said is true and any information is good information. And we get the most fucked up the movie gets in my opinion, which is like saying something because the movie gets pretty fucked up, but this, it gets like real tough where these guys, like she gets like cornered in like this dark alleyway. And then like eventually like take coerced into this parking lot by like a group of like just total bros, just like mm-hmm. tossing beers at one another. And like, 
it's really fucked up. Yeah, like, the, the movie implies that they're just this roving pack of drunkards looking for somebody to gang rape. And <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true because yeah, when they're trying on dresses, they, the same group of guys like knock on the window and they're like, "What's up, girl?" and like all this other stuff. And then those are the same guys that are like, "Oh, where are you going?" girl like uh yeah i mean they're absolutely like it's it's tough to watch but uh in the nick of time edward flies in like a bat out of hell uh in his volvo in his his volvo and he's like get in the car and like gives him a very scary look with another guitar riff (laughs) and um this is sort of that leads us to the dinner so he takes her to dinner and we finally get what the audience needed a long fucking time ago where he's basically like they're eating food and he's like obviously not eating. She's like, Oh, notice you're not eating, fucko. And he's like, Yeah, I'm on a special diet. And I'm like, You're cool. I'm like, You're oh, pretty cool. This also has one of my favorite jokes in the entire movie. Oh, I know what it is. Ah, it's so good. So when Edward is able to be like, uh, I have the mind reading powers, and he's like, Let me show you what everybody's thinking in this cafe that we're eating at. And it's like, Money, sex, money, sex. And then he points to this dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like scraggly, hairy, kind looking gentleman. And he just goes, yeah. cat. And the guy kind of does the sigh. Like he's clearly he about his cat. And it's so cat. good. Such like a good joke. Movie, that would be me. <laughs> oh, he is. He does seem like the purest guy. And also, while we're having like this big like revelatory like finally like giving in like hey bella i like you and here's what's going on i can read everybody's mind and i'm kind of letting on a little bit here's what's up and uh in the background the song is by is fucking written and performing is performed by robert pattinson oh really it's, uh, cool. yeah, the song in the background there's two songs written and performed by pattinson in the movie both at crucial points of the film this one's called let me sign uh and it's like uh you can just like if you listen you can hear him in the background and no 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 no, i'm lying i'm lying this one is called never think let me sign this later on uh but it's pretty fucking hilarious <laughs> so like pattinson's talking while pattinson's singing and i'm just like <laughs> and uh um you know we get the car at home and it's more of like it's more like exposition like touches his hand it's like your hand is so cold and i'm like why are we doing this because we already know something's up you know what's happening yeah you know what's up and uh they get back to town and there's tragedy has struck the whalen's been found murdered charlie's friend and uh he's like oh uh my dad's there my dad's cop car's there and also like Carl- carlisle's there so i stop in and he's like yeah same same animal that killed uh the last guy and him and fucking edward share a look and here's a scene that i never really noticed in all the times i've watched it where she goes in to like comfort, uh, like Carlisle kind of sends her in, sends her in to talk to uh, her dad, so he can basically be like Edward. Here's what the fuck's up, even though he doesn't have to, because Edward can read her mind. He goes in to like comfort her dad because Waylon is his friend or whatever, and it's a fucking great scene. Like it's not me just like being like you know kind of like sarcastic. Like it it's a really good fucking scene where he's just, like, man, I knew this guy almost like going on thirty years. And that's like all he really says. And these two are very quiet, like uh, like characters just like sort of like sitting there in the silence and like you really just breathe it in for a second like Mm. whoa like you know they didn't do a great job of setting up how important this character was but in like that one fucking line billy burke delivers it in such a way uh that's so powerful that i'm like oh my god like i really i'm suddenly feeling for this character i didn't know like i'm really feeling for charlie like the dude like he like i said like he brings so much to the character where i'm like fuck this guy's best friend just got murdered like, yeah. you know what I mean? He really knocked it out of the park. Yeah. 
And uh, so, you know, I they 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 kind of just have to move forward from here, like because like, where do you go now that I know you're a vampire? You know what I mean? Well, didn't we skip when they actually go to the forest and she has to say it out loud? I'm not there yet. Okay. No, you'd think it'd be here because they just give you bit by bit. So Bella does some more googling. She's got to figure it figured out. Eddie's a goddamn vampire, and then so she confronts him like at school, and he like they walk past him, and she's like, he's like, oh, I know she's where she's going. I have to follow. She knows something's up. It's like, yeah, she knows something's up because you basically told her you freak. And so <laughs> that's where we go to the very cinematic, lush green like forest or whatever, and it's the uh, we come up on the best lines of the movie again, <laughs> where she's all like, I know what you are. And he's like, say it out loud. How else would she say it, you dick? <laughs> say it. Vampire. <laughs> the fucking trailer <laughs> moment. It's fucking good. If that's not if that's not at the beginning of the episode, I'll be pissed. Because it is <laughs> the best. It's just like say it out loud. Out loud. <laughs> uh, ask me the most basic question. What do we eat? <laughs> it's like, well, do you eat us or do you drink the blood? Yeah. Like, You're being a little okay. bit unclear, Holmes. All over again. You're being awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. And so he's just like, well, you know what? You think you're still cool with me now? Well, get ready. And he scoops her up and just runs, gallops her up the mountain double time. He's like, I have to take you to the top of the mountain. You have to see what I look like. And then he just stands in the sun and buttons his shirt. And he's one sparkly boy. <laughs> He is one sparkly boy. And the thing that, again, I remember from high school, girls being kind of pissed. They're like, he doesn't sparkle enough. I'm like, all right. What he's the fuck? He doesn't sparkle enough. I don't know how much more he can sparkle. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're like, uh, he's like, um, she's like, wow, you're so beautiful. And he's like, beautiful. <laughs> Skin of a killer. And he's like, fucking like. <laughs> That's a great line, that whole scene. So you believe amazing. the lie. Everything about me invites you in. My voice, even my smell. I'm the world's most dangerous predator. But I don't even need that. It's not like you can outrun me. As if you could outrun me! <laughs> he, like jumps out of like 40 feet away. And then he's like, as if you could fight me off. And like pulls a root and throws it. And she's so, like, what the fuck is happening? I'm a killer. Are we dating? I, she's, like, she's like, oh, nice. Okay. And he's like, <laughs> I wanted to kill you. I've never wanted a human's blood so badly. And she's like, nice. And like, tries to kiss him. <laughs> she's, like, she's, she's like, sick. All right. I'm, I've got to be honest, man. I've been spacing out for the last fucking 10 minutes. Like I, I'm just all like, as soon as you took your shirt off, I, I, you know, your lips are very rosy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'd like to give you a smooch. You got to, you know what I mean? So, and he's like, no, I want to eat you. You don't get it. And he's like, no, I, I get it. I heard it. I'm willing to hedge my bets here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she has nothing as a character. She has nothing no, as a character. No, no. centered around a guy she likes. There's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah, um, it's, it's one of those things where, like, the the whole movie happens to her instead of her actually going and doing things, except for absolutely. maybe the research. Like, she does take the step forward to be like, well, I'm just not going to let that guy be a fucking weirdo. I at least need to figure out what's happening. And so that's, like, the one thing that she really does. And when she later fucks off to go try to save her mom. But those are really the only character decisions she makes during this yeah. movie. Totally, totally, uh, and like, and that's and that's, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, that's I, the same way I feel about Billy Burke. Same way I think about Catherine Hardwick, the director. Same way I feel about Pattinson. Like, she brings a lot to this role, and I want to really dig into that. But um, yeah, so it's like uh, you know, now they're in love. 
mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like they don't kiss. They're holding hands and yeah. shit. Like so, the lion fell in love with the lamb. It's like what a stupid lamb. He's like what a sick masochistic lion. And I'm like, good lion. Alert. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are intense, and I like it. And, and, uh, I think something about it works a lot better uh, on the page of being like everything's happening, but if you're first person, you are her experiencing it, so it works more of like a POV. But the way transitioning into film, it's a little tougher. Um. But yeah, yeah. So we should we should speed up the plot. Okay, <laughs> we should totally. we should just speed the fuck up on the plot because I'm just like there's just too much that happens in this movie. So they're together now, and he's decided fuck it, and they roll up to school with the sunglasses on. And it's like bam, 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 and everybody's like, whoa, Bella and Edward, they're together, they're a thing now. He's breaking all the rules since he's going to hell, <laughs> and. uh we got that and more exposition about my family. Uh, I can read minds. Alice can see the future. You need to know this for the plot. You should come uh, and see them. Yeah, meet them. Yeah. You should come and meet a uh, human that we, you know, we'd like to eat. And um, so we have the nice meet the parents scene where she's got to go meet the Cullens. And everybody's really nice and sweet. And they're cooking for the first time. And they're in this bougie-ass <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Except for Rosalie. Uh, they're in this bougie-ass bougie fucking, like, glass house. And... Uh, Rosalie has a little bit of a freak out, would you say? Yeah, I would say so. Fucking just like shatters the bowl. Like Bella's being polite as shit and ate before she came because she's like, vampires don't eat. And like, she's like, what the fuck? We're sitting here making Italian food for you. <laughs> you bitch. You're going to expose us to the rest of the world. And that's the root of it. She's just like. And Edward, they have this great sibling moment where he's like, ignore Rosalie. I do. I'm like, yeah. cool. Nice sibling moments. And Alice is like, hi. And comes like walking off a tree into the room. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to be great friends. And Jasper's like, really like to fucking eat you. Because I haven't been a vegetarian very long. Yeah. And uh, it's a very hilarious moment in my opinion where she's like you know in case things went wrong he's like yeah as if like i'd become the meal and carlisle's like ah, uh, <laughs> we get it we because ah, oh, it's a good one pretty good uh, we're all dying inside right 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 and so they're together and they've gone public and that's bad for the cullens and there's also these like threat of these other vampires looming that they know about that bella isn't really sure of yet and uh mike newton's like yo you're dating edward i don't like it and it's like hey Mike, don't remember asking your opinion, you fuck. Also, he says, I, I think this is beautiful. He goes, it looks like, he, he looks at you like he wants to eat you. And she just looks at him like, fucking A, man. And just fucking walks man. off. <laughs> yeah, you're goddamn right. You wish, Mike. You wish you could. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, the, uh, she's really just loves that Edward Cullen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always doing that shit where he's like, we shouldn't be friends. And then he watches her sleep. And then he's like, we shouldn't have sex, Bella. And then he like jumps into her bedroom when she's in her underwear. Mm-hmm. And like he's like, I want to try something, and mm-hmm. just like gives her a gives her a little smooch, and he's like, oh, this is going good, and he's like, and just like starts like really making out, they're like hardcore, and then just like flies back like ten feet into the wall. He's like, stop. He's like, I can't lose my control with you. It's like you came here. Yes. Like, what the fuck is your problem, you tease? It's so weird. Like you're so fucking weird. Like why do you keep doing this if you don't want to? You obviously do. You freak. You're thirty six year old freak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh so it's like they finally kiss and it's going well you know nobody's blood is being sucked mm-hmm. and, he gets and he's like I, I can't lose control and i'm like who's the succubus here edward like <laughs> chris stewart or you because like i'm a little confused like you know what i mean and he like fucks off so like violently he like knocks himself into the wall oh, yeah, and then he's just like 
oh, whoops, I, I thought I'm stronger than I thought. And she's like, I, I wish I could say the same for me. She says from the bed, completely unfulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then we have Edward meet Charlie and he's like, hi, I'm Edward and I'm taking your daughter to play some baseball. And he's like, good fucking luck, nerd. And uh, <laughs> uh, Cause my daughter's uncoordinated as shit. And she does fall down maybe twice in the movie, but I'm pretty sure she falls down like eight times in the book. Yeah, totally. And uh, so they go to play fucking baseball and it's a very weird fucking scene where it's like, Why? we can only play baseball Why? during thunderstorm because we hit the ball so hard. It sounds like thunderclaps. Isn't that cool, Bella? She's like, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, Muse is super massive black holes. All blah, 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 blah. And it's just a weird baseball scene. Carlisle's wearing a scarf while he bats, which I fucking just love. <laughs> it is so goony. And then these uh, uh, the enemy vampires stroll up. They just float on in. And it's very fucking like, oh, no. And here's what I don't get. So of all the changes to vampire lore that Stephanie Meyer decided to impose, like, I don't, I'm cool with all of them. But here's the one I don't get at all. It's like, all vampires just have this mutual fucking interest in playing baseball. They're like, so would you few need a couple more players? And it's like, uh, what the fuck? Like, so Laurent and James and Victoria come in and they want to play baseball too. I don't fucking get it. it yeah. Maybe it's like, um, like Japan is really into baseball for no reason. Maybe it's like one of those things. Like they just kind of adopted it. And now it's just like their thing. It's so but weird. Aren't they? Aren't they like flexing their muscles, being like, "Let's show how much more powerful we are at this bullshit than we are than you are." Yeah, I guess so. But I think at this point, they're all very friendly. They're legitimately. I think they're legitimately intrigued that like they like keep a permanent residence and they live amongst the humans and stuff. They're they're like, "Wow, this is really cool." You're all just a group of vampires. And uh, there's a uh, the slip up where like they're like, "Oh wow, that's really neat." Well, you guys want to play? We're friends. Like we're all vampires here. It's nice to meet a few others. We led the we led the humans away from you guys. We've been killing, but you know, sorry, we fucked up your shit. We're going to get out of here. Um, they're about to leave. Like, sorry, we hunted on your grounds. It was very nice. And then they get like, James gets wind of Bella's hair and it's like, Oh, you brought a snack. And it's like, and like, they start like hissing at each other and it's like fucking like, Oh, so that's what's up. You got the little human there. And like fucking Laurent's like, Oh, these guys suck. He's like, oh, look, I can see the game's over. We'll get out of here now. And like Edward's like, let's fucking roll. <laughs> Like, uh, I, I shouldn't have reacted that way. And I set him off uh, with my reaction. And now he's like, he's a thrill killer. You know what I mean? He's a hunter. He's just, he's obsessed he's with tracking. Yeah. And he wants to fucking kill Bella because it's just a fun, dangerous game now. And things are just like lit. So take, take it away, Katie. Like take, take me through like the most, like we're coming up on like the climax of the film. Oh God. It's so confusing. So uh, eventually like, it's just like a, what do, and then Bella gets this call from, like James, the the main bad vampire. And he's like, I got your mom, girl. And there's a clip of mom's voice, of Bella's mom's voice. And she's like, oh shit, I got to go back to Arizona and save my mom. Cause they found your permanent address. Wasn't that hard to find, you know, the school security. Isn't that great? She's like, fuck, my mom is flighty and not, you know, very strong. I got to go handle this. So she takes off like a bat out of hell. And now she's kind of being a dick to Edward and trying to like dis and no. And she's a super dick to Charlie. Who's yeah. like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. I just want to be your dad. Just tell me what's going on. Why do you need to leave for Tucson? Am I that bad of a dad? Yeah. And she hits him with a watching baseball on a flat screen TV and eating steak at the diner. That's your life. I don't yeah. want to end up stuck here like mom. Yeah. 
but she but she doesn't mean it she says it to hurt him on purpose so he doesn't look mm-hmm. after her right like that's like the that's the way i take it the way i always take it is like she's doing that just so charlie will be like oh this is legit okay and he won't go after her because she's trying to keep charlie safe and lead james away from her oh yeah uh, and away from charlie. it's definitely uh harry and the henderson's like leave but, yeah just go. <laughs> yeah very much so it's really hardcore and the Collins are like all right here's what we're gonna do fucking alice and jasper they expect edward to go with bella so no alice and jasper are gonna take her and edward's gonna go this way and we're all gonna take shit around and like leave her, leave her scent and so she goes back to phoenix and she's in the hotel with uh, alice and jasper and he has like this fucking uh she has this vision of a of a ballet studio and then she gets that call and james is like guess what i'm gonna kill your mom and, and she's like no and she's like, all you gotta do is ditch your little friends and save your mom and at the ballet like, studio yeah and so i was like all right i'm going to the ballet studio and we get there and it's very cool and cinematic and James is fucking duped her. Mm-hmm. It's like all these mirrors. He's like, mommy's not here and I'm making a snuff film for Edward. <laughs> I'm just going to kill you. Tell Edward how much it hurts. And he's like fucking like throwing her around, like snaps her fucking leg and shit. It's really like, it. yeah, it gets really hardcore. Well, and then he bites her with vampire venom. And uh, I presume to kill her, not to turn her, but to kill her. And then uh, when the Cullens show up, they fuck shit up, and Edward is, like, beating the crap out of him. And then he has to suck the vampire venom out of Bella, and he almost gets to a point where he's, like, legit gonna eat her and or turn her. And then Carlisle is like, remember who you are! (laughs) Strength. He's, like, fucking, like, yeah. Like, so Edward shows up before the rest of the Cullens, and he's like, fuck you, and starts fighting him, and the guy's like, well, fuck you, and bites his girl, and Edward, like, fucking, like, bites his ear off, is about to fucking kill him, and she's laying there, like, writhing on the ground and shit, and Carlisle shows up, and he's like, Edward, don't worry, we'll kill this vampire for you, remember who you are, <laughs> and, like, so all of them fly in, and they're like, start the fire, get the floorboards, and they, like, fucking start the seance, they have to rip him into pieces and light him on fire and shit, all while Bella's, like, clouding out, and just, like, Carlisle's like, look, man, you can either let her become a vampire and let the change happen, or you can stop him from happening, but you gotta suck the poison out and mm-hmm. he's just like carlisle <laughs> and fucking he's like yeah you're right like remember who you are and he's like sucking her clean and we get our second robert pattinson uh song in the movie where we get like uh like her cloud she clouds out and goes all cockeyed while he's sucking the blood out of her arm and it's just like the song let me sign over like a mm-hmm. montage of their like love that has transpired over the past like three weeks or whatever the fuck and uh Oh, it, oh, it's really good. Like it's like I'll wrap you in my arms, and uh, we fucking just like wake up to the hospital. It's like, where am I? What happened? And uh, I found out something so fucking cool what? about this. So when she comes to, um, I found this out because uh, it was pointed out by the director in the commentary. I don't know if you know, but I watched the commentary. <laughs> And uh, uh, the director's like, yeah, so we thought it'd be like if somebody was coming back to like from being unconscious in this whole traumatic event, they would still like be like have a hard time separating reality from what happened and yada, yada. So behind Edward on the wall is the drawing of the ballet studio, like on the wall mounted. And then on the TV in the in the hospital room, they're playing the scene from the ballet studio that just happened. Like you can see like the fire and shit. It's fucking awesome. Oh, it's like, so good. It's fucking filmmaking. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, they really did not have to work this hard in this movie, and they mm-hmm. did. They did it for us. Like Catherine Hardwick is a fucking sweet director. I thought that was genius. But we kind of have our moment where they decide they can't be apart. Edward tries it one more time. The bullshit of we can't be together, and Bell's like, what? No. no. <laughs> like, kind of trips out. Would you say? Mm-hmm. Chips out pretty hardcore. And uh, 
cool. So they go back and they're together now and they it's prom night, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They go to yeah. like I'm not gonna fuck off to Jacksonville. I'm I you know, we have to be together. We're in love. They're so in love, Katie. They're so in love. <laughs> and uh the truest love story that ever happened. And they go back to the human world for prom night. And Jacob's like, hey, um, so stay away from Cullen because now I know that the shit's for real and mm-hmm. there's some vampire shit going down. And Edward's like, sup, nerd? <laughs> <laughs> like, you got beef? And, uh, and then you wolfy fuck? <laughs> and um, they go to prom and it's kind of nice, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of light in this movie and we get this sort of like gazebo scene covered in lights mm-hmm. where like clunky old Bella after a big accident was like dancing on Pattinson's feet. And uh, she's like, hey, man, I just want to be with you forever. And I want to be a vampire. And he's like, and you're ready right now. And she's like, fuck, yeah. And she's like, so weird. Like, he goes, like, kiss her neck. And she thinks, like, what does she think? That he's going to turn her into a vampire right there? After yeah, he just, like, totally. actively, like, actively sucked her blood to make her not a vampire. And it's like, like what? The- it's so weird to me. But <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty scene, nonetheless. I think the idea yeah. with that is that she's giving her consent. Like before okay, it was like they would have, he would have turned her just, you know, out of like animal instinct. But this is, she's yeah. like laying down the law. Like, okay. look, dude, here's the thing. I like you. Let's have, let's do this forever. How about that? Yeah. Maybe the most beautiful thing I've ever fucking heard. And I'm going to start crying. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And sort of just like gives her that like awesome accent that he has the whole movie. And he's like, is it not enough? Just have a long and happy life together. <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, for now, dickhead. And uh, they go out to like the very like, very nice like uh, what is the fucking song? like flightless bird, American mouth or whatever the fuck or something like that. Uh, and they dance together, and that's yeah. how we end the movie. As we pan up to the window, and it's Victoria. Yeah, watching them. Because you killed my mate. James is dead, and I'm Victoria. And red my hair is. Look how red it is. It's red. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. Um, the movie ends. Yeah. And the movie ends. And how'd you feel? When's the last time you watched this? Like, were you rewatching? How'd you feel? Like, how do you feel good and bad? Well, I, I stay, well, again, I uh, was a hater. So I stayed away from these movies as much as I possibly could. But as time has waned on, you know, it, 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 you go through these things, like, as you grow up. And I realized even at the time, I thought the vitriol against Twilight was a little silly. I still didn't like it, and I was still pretending like I was cooler for not liking it. Which, right. side note, nobody is ever cooler for not liking a thing. It's not cool to exactly. actively tell people that you don't like a thing. You're just being a dick. Thank you, Katie. That's that, that's the whole point of Bad Movie Brunch, by the way. I hate all this, but I love all of it too, okay? <laughs> but so, yeah, totally. Even, even at the time, I, I didn't want to actively be a dick to people. But uh, at even like the minor like dismissiveness, I would say, as I got older, I realized was super uncool. And it, you know, I should have just let people have fun and just realize that it wasn't for me. And uh, there was this, the reason why I picked this was because there was a YouTube video that came out, a video essay called Dear Stephanie Meyer by Lindsay Ellis, who used to be the nostalgia chick. And she talks about how it, it about the unfairness of the vitriol against Twilight fans right. and against Stephanie Meyer in particular. And I thought it was interesting to kind of go back and revisit it, especially because I had totally forgotten about it because right. our culture had just completely moved on. It did. And it it now that I'm older and I've come back and I've rewatched it, I 
and it, it, I was able to make the, the anime connection and I was able to be like, oh gosh, it was just a hair's breadth away. Like again, if Twilight had been animated and from Japan or if Edward had been a woman, I would have watched this like 8,000 times. Yeah, fuck. I it mean, It just wasn't for me at that time. And I think you're right too. Like, and you sort of mentioned it when they talk about like Spider-Man and Superman in the movie. Like this movie is very comic book too. And I never thought about it until you compared it to an anime. And I'm like, no wonder I like it so much. It's like, it's stylized as shit, the mm-hmm. way it looks and the way it feels. Um, it's very like, there's like, I mean, the vampires are totally like comic book, like superheroes and villains. Mm-hmm. Like you're sort of, yeah. I mean, it makes total sense. That's a really awesome comparison that for some reason I never thought of. I just always thought of it as kind of like, um, a palatable version of like fantastical things I don't normally like is like a very like like surface level version you know what I mean so something I can understand and get into uh, mixed with you know sweet teenage love <laughs> um, so something I really want to talk about mm-hmm. uh, is the two leads Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart I mean in 2018 it's easy to forget the Twilight even happened and like the fact that like they got to use this franchise as a springboard to become like who they are right now. Like just like we talked about Daniel Radcliffe in, in the Victor Frankenstein episode of after Harry Potter, he's not just Harry Potter mm-hmm. and Pattinson. I mean like, did you see good time this year? I like, did, but I heard great holy, things. Holy shit. Good time is unbelievable. Like everything, like he just like went out of his way, both during like the Twilight years, before the Twilight years, during the Twilight years, and especially after the Twilight years, just to hand pick, like just, I think he literally is like, what's the weirdest shit I can do? Like Cosmopolis. I remember when I saw that in the midst of like Twilight height, I was like, what the fuck? Like I'd never even seen a David Cronenberg movie before that. And I was like, holy shit. And then he did like, uh, I saw Bellamy, like a remake mm-hmm. of like the, the French, like, you know what I mean? And he's a delight. He just does like all like nothing you'd expect. Uh, the Rover, which is an early eight twenty four one. He's like post box. Like everything he's doing in his career, he just constantly turns in different awesome performances. He's just a fucking actor, and I think he does a thing where if you just look at this character, both you know on the page and on screen, it's like you know for all intents and purposes, this can just be a fill in the blank hot guy who's just like not relatable, and uh, you know there can be like nothing going on, and he's just like a hunk. But I think in my opinion, he digs into and understands the true, the true tragedy of this character and like his life. Like, I mean, he's accept- he had accepted death and Pattinson talks about this in the bonus features. He, this character had accepted death and was given eternal life instead by a stranger. He didn't have a say in this. And Oh, by the way, now that you're in this life and you're immortal, you have to drink fucking blood, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're damn, you're, you're, you know, you're, damn to live forever until fucking, you know, death do you part. Good and luck. From like the 1800s, where uh, vampires are still very much the bad guys. Like, granted, yeah. the late 1800s. So so he ca- probably is still going through this thing, even in modern times, where he's like, I'm an abomination. Sure. Oh, totally. And, like, you know, that comes that sort of becomes, like, a plot point later on throughout. But, like, I, like the, thing, the thing I think ages... I mean, this one ages better than any of them in the franchise also, because their relationship in this one is problematic. It is. But it's not nearly as problematic as like watching like New Moon and then like Eclipse. I watched Eclipse recently and I used to I used to think that was the best one. Well, that tied with Twilight. And it is good, but things get really hokey from Twilight afterwards. And not only that, but like the whole Jacob like dynamic of it all is like he's just very fucking like aggressive and like everybody, every man in twilight and then further on and the rest of them just feels very entitled to Bella and think they like have like some sort of like reason to protect her. And they have like, they're like entitled to her and some of that. And it's like, it, it becomes like tough to watch, especially like, as like we move like years away from it and shit. Except for Charlie. Um, except for Charlie. Charlie's great. Charlie is a, a constant. And I think Carlisle and as like, they're pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, the parent figures are all very, uh, pretty fucking solid. But then, Kristen Stewart as well. I mean, Kristen Stewart's been around forever. 
I mean, uh, she's been do. I mean, she was in Panic Room when we were kids, and yeah. she was a kid too. She's like our age, and now she's like they're both kind of like making big strides as filmmakers and like doing stuff like sort of in the uh, not so mainstream route. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did something too, where she took a damsel in distress, because I mean, Bella is absolutely a damsel in distress. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, she kind of just brings a sort of like wisdom and like like pain and like couples it with like a rational love that she like her character's feeling like she 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 brings something that's like makes her feel like smarter around her years and like she's readily accepting it but it's almost like she's not like being like a dumbass teenage girl she's just like no i get it i know i'm not like other people like in many ways bella's like the character that was always i mean she was always meant for something different and that's weird but i think she just knows this character and brings so much more life to it uh that otherwise could have been very vapid and still kind of is um but you know what i'm saying like she's a, they're just professionals i remember hearing something about keanu reeves about how keanu reeves is a great action star because he plays a lot of he has this very blank face and expression so that you can impose your own kind of yeah. desires upon that action fantasy and i think the same can very much be said about kirsten stewart's performance as bella and that there is kind of like even though she does bring something to it there's also the blank slate so that teenage girls can kind of impose Sure. their own kind of thing on her sure totally and um you know i think that uh they talk about in interviews uh as well i've seen like they t- like the true intensity of the relationship and i think they just understand it as performers and they like i think they really uh they they emote like they put that forth like i feel it uh and sometimes it doesn't always land but i mean sometimes it's like fuck man you're working really hard for something that a lot of people would just phone in and just collect the money and i think maybe I, I, I kind of feel bad for him because they were cranking these movies out year after year, mm-hmm. like 50 shades style. Like I guess I, 50 shades stole that model. Um, and things got really jumped the sharkish, like, you know, after uh, this one, but um, they really, they really gave it their all. And I'm sure they're glad to be away from it now, but th- I was just, I was really struck by that, especially in like reviewing for a, like, I've seen it many times and I'm always kind of, they're working hard in my opinion. I, I was under the impression when these movies were coming out that both of them were very embarrassed to be a part of this franchise. Yeah, totally. And that's completely understandable. But I do hope that as they also grow older as performers, they're able to return back to it and kind of appreciate it for what it was at the time. Yeah, I think Pattinson like definitely like pretty vocally wasn't into it. Uh, I think he doesn't view himself. I really think he doesn't view himself as like the leading like hot guy. I think he views himself kind of as a char- as more of a character actor, which is interesting because like the guy should be a leading man. Like he really should be and has been. But yeah, I, like you always I always find him in like these like sometimes just with these bit parts or sometimes even when he's the lead like in stuff like Good Time, he's just like really uh just not the hero. And mm-hmm. I think that's important uh to him now at least that's how it seems based on his career but totally like i think i think they have to appreciate it i mean anything they get to do now and all the fun they get to have is because they made a fucking stacks of twilight money Mm -hmm. like i mean stacks of twilight money this shit was going to like head to head at the box office with the heaviest of hitters yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love even when we're looking at each other like this is the first time we're actually seeing each other on the pod we still have at least one space where i'm just like did i kill katie (laughs) There's always like one where I'm like, like loading. Well, well, I'm just, I, I'm agreeing with you. I just don't have anything. Sometimes oh when you God. say things, I, I'm just like, yeah, that was really good. And then I don't have anything like helpful or interesting to say back. I know I'm not that smart. Um, I also uh, want to talk about the uh, the music. Like, yes. Would you agree the music is fucking awesome in this movie? 
I had a, this is true. So even though I was such a hater in high school, I had a friend who was like, but the music is really good. And she bought me the, she actually bought me the soundtrack and she was like, listen to this shit, you stupid nerd. And I did. And I was like, yeah, this is a really good soundtrack. So even as a hater, like if you just listen to the music, like it's pretty well picked out. It's a great soundtrack. Just like on the actual music. Like my sister bought me the CD. I had it in my fucking Saturn Ion and my old six CD changer. And that thing wouldn't start most of the time. But sometimes if I got it to like track number four, I believe it was, and it was Pattinson just like singing like, uh, never think I would start crying. And then like my car named Spartax at the time would like hear Pattinson's soothing voice. And then it would finally start. And I'd be like, that was why I'd always give it credit to the Pattinson song. It became a thing. Like my friends would be like, just turn on the CD Luke. We got, we got to get out of here. The car's got to start. And I'm like, all right, all right. And uh, I'd get Sarah. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it was nice. And so like, there's the Pattinson songs in the movie, which I love. And there's a lot of like cool songs. There's Muse, there's Lincoln Park in the credits. Uh, uh, I think Paramore wrote a, wrote a song specifically for the movie, which is a great mm-hmm. music video. Um, but also the, co- the the composition, like Carter Burwell does the score and the piano. I'm a sucker for a good piano. And it is like, they do it so well, especially with like Lula, uh, Bella's Lullaby. Like they every time we hear it, they add a part of it throughout the movie. So it gets fuller and fuller until like they're like in love. <laughs> and then like Edward is playing it live uh, in the movie because fucking Robert Pattinson is just a gifted musician. Like the 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 music the music uh, editor Adam Smalley said Pattinson's one of the most talented musicians he's ever met. Like you know what I mean? It's like holy shit, man! Like what can't this guy do? I love him. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> what about you anything anything else that you like really stuck out or you want to talk about i have one other thing you have one other thing um mm-hmm. i you know what say your other thing katherine hardwick mm. um right uh, like the other like big fucking like thing about like uh the same the same way i feel about k Stew and uh rob fucking bringing the heat in this movie katherine hardwick just did work on this movie uh i think the, I think maybe the franchise doesn't unfold the way it does and make as much money and get as much of a falling. Yeah, the books were popular and yeah, this movie was optioned and yeah, they had a $30 million budget uh, for this first one. But I don't know if it catches on as much if Catherine Hardwick doesn't set the stage. She brought the feel to life. She brought these characters to life and she did it in her very own specific way while uh, while making damn sure with the author of the novel that everything fits into place. Like she worked tirelessly to make sure it was true to the original vision while also bringing things to the table and making giving this like aesthetic and like a feel to everything that um like i said set the stage for the future everything they owe everything to how this first movie lands if this movie bombs and Catherine hardwick doesn't make a good movie we don't get the sequels it just doesn't happen you know what i mean Mm -hmm. And I think she fucking crushed it. I I truly do. Like, I mean, before this, she made 13 and then she made Lords of Dogtown. Yeah. Lords of Dogtown is awesome. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She's just a fucking filmmaker. And like, I'd never really realized and thought about it. I'm like, wow, I'm so impressed by her. And they kept the same screenwriter for the rest of them. So I'm like, why didn't they keep Catherine Hardwick? And I read an article on Variety um, and she was kind of like, well, I figured I had a big box office hit and I, I could have stayed for new moon. And it sounds on the commentary when you're listening that they're all going to come back for new moon. And then like, she doesn't. And I think she sort of was like, well, you know, I thought I, I had that big hit and I would go on and I would make, I would make more things. I'd get a bunch of offers and then just didn't get any offers. And it's oh like, gosh, I know it's just like a weird thing. And I, I, it's shocking to me, especially in the world of like, you know, 
if if a, if a, if an indie director or like a smaller director or like a movie that isn't a hundred million dollars hits in the box office, you get handed a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. you get handed a franchise, like you know what I mean? It's just so strange to me because I really think she's really good. And to that end, I, I think I would highly recommend somebody checking this out again, especially if you didn't like it or were resistant to it just because of the phase that we were in culturally at the time, because there the amount of love and care that is brought to this movie by the various people that come into it and is just really astounding considering the source material. Sure. And I, I do think that like from a cult, like an anthropological perspective, it's worth going back to see what we were so interested in and being kind of like having some healthy distance. Yeah. Now that we're all a little bit older. It's nice. It's nice to go back. I felt I felt really steeped with nostalgia even when I still watch this first one. Like I feel very like teenagery when I watch it. And like I yeah, hey man, I understand this isn't like um this isn't a perfect movie. It's not even a great movie, but it's a movie I really enjoy. And like, you know what? Say it's bad all you want. There's a lot of bad stuff about it, but I'll say it for the hundredth time, making movies is hard. And when people put so like that much effort into things, I take notice of it and I appreciate it. And I think that like they really did do a lot with a little. And I love the books. I really do. I'd go to bat for them. I'd go to bat for the films. But um, it's no secret that they're a bit um, on the nose. You know what I mean? They're not like, it's not, it's not like, uh, it's not so much like the Harry Potter books where there's just like more information and stuff you know what to do with you know what i mean like mm-hmm. which i love the harry potter books as well but that's not as hot of a take uh i and i'm not even you know i think stephanie meyer is like an american hero kind of like it's the american dream she was like a mom who wasn't even like she took she like she said she took a creative writing class and was an english major like you know what i mean she didn't fucking ever write the, the first thing she fucking wrote was twilight that she just like had a dream one day as like a mom and just like i'll write this for my sister and see what she thinks or something like that and then it just fucking rocks you know what i mean like god like i can't imagine how like why you'd hate somebody who just kind of fell ass backwards into like a total like franchise and like total like money and fortune and fame not only that but she's a complete class act so you have this mormon housewife who clearly has her very set beliefs who created this kind of small this thing that was originally intended to be small you know just something for her sister and you know, just to be passed around and enjoyed and then it kind of right. blows up into this phenomenon and then yeah. people both think that she's like the best thing that ever happened to literature or the worst thing that ever happened to literature. And there are these constant wars and she's stuck in the middle and she kind of was a class act and that she never really was vitriol about it. She just kind of kept to herself and was like, this is my thing. This is my vision. We're going to make these movies. This is kind of fun. And then she went off and she did her alien thing that wasn't as popular. And now I think she has like a uh, TV series. Really? I like her. Yeah. And I, you know what? Good, good honor. It, it's she didn't write stuff for me, but she wrote stuff for some people who clearly enjoy them, and that's you. you know free market. We should yeah. you know celebrate They're that. A delight. They're a delight. And on, I'm, I, I was watching this last night. Uh, I was like, am I gonna read? Am I gonna read these books again right now? Like, like <laughs> I'm like about to go home and pop in New Moon. Like I got I gotta keep going. It's just it's delicious. It's wonderful. It just takes me back to a specific time and place. And that's always going to be what it does for me. Like it's, it's always going to fill me with like fucking happy, warm memories of like 08 through 2012. You know what I mean? The bygone, the bygone years so long ago. Uh. The final thing I want to say about this is something I just want to reiterate. So if there's something that you don't understand, be it twilight ready player one bronies, anything like that, it's fine. If it's not for you, it's fine. If you don't like it, but there's probably something to it. There's a reason why these things get popular. 
So yeah. you can either try to understand it or admit that it's not for you. And then I think you just let people who enjoy things just enjoy them. Right. There's no, there's no shame in just respectfully disliking something. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, there are things that there are things that I personally can't get into that I understand are masterpieces. Uh, I, I've never super gotten into Lord of the Rings, but I understand that everything that's ever happened is because of Lord of the Rings. Like things I adore, like Star Wars and like Harry Potter, that shit doesn't happen without that stuff. You know what I mean? And while it's not my like specific cup of tea, I would be a fucking fool to like say like, oh, Lord of the Rings sucks. That's dumb. The movies are fantastic as well, even though they're not necessarily my cup of tea. Uh, and I, I think that that's an important thing. Like that should, that should be what we like stake our entire podcast on is like, you know what? Even Rock of Ages, Katie, I talk some shit about Rock of Ages, but <laughs> guess what? I'll watch it again. <laughs> I'll watch it again. <laughs> you guys should check us out on SoundCloud at Bad Movie Brunch. I've never pimped that on air, which is like the dumbest thing ever. And also we have a blog on WordPress. It's uh, badmoviebrunch.wordpress.com. Uh, you can go there, take you to our SoundCloud, our RSS feed. Uh, you can also just listen to our web our episodes right there on our blog. I've got it embedded. Uh, each week I'm updating it. Uh, we can also go to our Facebook, Bad Movie Brunch on there as well. So SoundCloud, WordPress, Facebook, Bad Movie Brunch. I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Gertzinger. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one, you crazies.